Hey there, Hang Up listeners. This is a preview of a special bonus episode that's available only to Slate Plus members. To hear it in full, sign up at slate.com slash hangupplus for a free two-week trial. And if you like what you hear, a Slate Plus membership is just $35 for the first year. Hope you enjoyed this preview. Thanks for listening. This podcast contains explicit language. Hi, I'm Josh Levine, Slate's national editor. It is December 16th, 2020. This is a special bonus episode of Hang Up and Listen about The Last Last Dance, Joel Anderson's reported piece on Michael Jordan's not-so-uplifting tenure with the Washington Wizards. If you're listening to this, I'm guessing you listened to that. If you have not listened to that, you can still listen to this, but I would recommend that you listen to that. We'll be here when you get back. Here with me to talk about that is, naturally, my Slate colleague and America's leading Jordanologist, Joel Anderson. Hey, Joel. Good morning. America's leading Jordanologist. I would never have expected it. It's like me, Sam Smith. Who else? Michael Leahy. This, we can go over the list later. The guy that made The Last Dance. Oh, yeah, that guy. That's what <laughs> that I'm guy. Chasing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, on, you're on the uh, Mount Jordan more. <laughs> With us, as always, is Stefan Fatsis one of America's top 500,000 Jordanologists. Mm-hmm. He is the author of the book's <laughs> Word Freak and A Few Seconds of Panic. Hello, Stefan. To be clear, I had absolutely nothing to do with the making of The Last Last Dance. All right. Now that that is clarified, I want to let folks know that we're going to be playing some extended clips from Joel's interviews later on. And that's going to be stuff that you did not hear in the main episode. So stick around for that. But let's start with how this project started, Joel. We talked about The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary, I think three times on Hang Up. And we all found it unsatisfying for various reasons and in various ways. The Last Dance was authorized by Jordan. They got the footage that was used in it with Jordan's permission. He sat for interviews. The documentary ended where Jordan would like us to think that his career ended with his sixth championship as a Chicago Bull in 1998 with that series-clinching jump shot over Brian Russell. This documentary did not mention Jordan's time in Washington at all. And you went into that omission, Joel, in a piece you wrote earlier this year headlined, Michael Jordan is exactly who I thought he was. Then came this podcast project, which we released this week. Can you describe what all went into making this podcast and what you hoped to learn about Jordan as you embarked on the project? Well, I mean, I think most obviously I wanted to revisit his motivation for returning because, you know, calling the documentary The Last Dance, that's obviously a misnomer. We know that anybody that has followed Michael Jordan's career or was alive for it knows that he played for the Washington Wizards. So it was to not even hint that there was another chapter of his career in the documentary was sort of weird to me, but it was in keeping with a lot of omissions Throughout a 10-hour documentary, there was still a lot of omissions that I thought, you know, wow, there's a reason for this. And evidently, you know, it's a lot of what Michael Jordan is willing to talk about and stories that he's willing to have told. So that was a piece of it. I also wanted, you know, it's one thing for Michael Jordan to not bring it up. It's another for, like, a documentary that purports to, like, look at his career and look at the the Bulls. Like, not even in a, a epilogue. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't even an epilogue to say, well, Michael Jordan also, you know, played two more years with the Washington Wizards, you know, flash that across the screen. He didn't even do that. So I wanted to get into that and why he didn't want to talk about that. And 
why he didn't bring it up in his Hall of Fame speech. And most of the highlights we see, obviously, are him, you know, playing in the Bulls. But he had some moments with the Wizards. And I think that there's a piece of it that could, you know, as Rachel Nichols talks about later, there, there's a piece of his time in Washington that could actually burnish his legend. Like, there's pieces of it that are really good and are favorable and speak well of him. But obviously, there's a lot that, you know, sort of undermines the central conceit of Jordan, which is that I had to be an asshole to be a champion. And at the end, you see that he's just an asshole and not a champion. And so, you know, I think that like sort of digging into that piece of it was what intrigued me about going a little deeper on this. Yeah, Joel, I mean, I think that most great athletes want to airbrush the sad ends of their careers from their timelines for obvious reasons. And Jordan being one of the most controlling athletes of his image post-retirement, it didn't surprise me at all. The superstructure that they created for The Last Dance was that it purported to be a documentary about the last season Mm -hmm. in Chicago. It didn't purport to be a complete and total biography of Michael Jordan. So, But it kind of was. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. But it kind of was because you have 10 hours to fill and some of the greatest footage ever. And you want to get into his childhood and his high school career and his winning the NCAA championship in North Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. That's all going to be in there. So the omission in the end was glaring. You know, if they had made a two-hour, two-part documentary about that last season, okay. But they didn't. They made a full retrospective of Jordan's life. So the omission was even more glaring than it would have been otherwise. So it's one thing to not bring up his family, because I know we've talked about this previously, and I wrote about it, you know, the idea that it never mentions Juanita Jordan. Uh, It doesn't show his, you know, three children, three children with Juanita until the very end. And I can understand sort of wanting to put up, you know, put a bubble around that or put up a barrier around that and saying, I don't want this documentary to go into that. There's a case to be made for that. But like, all this other stuff, like it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, like to me and Josh, we talked about this when the Hall of Fame speech thing is just really interesting to me that he didn't say, you know, thank you to, you know, Wes Unsell, didn't, or to A. Poland or to Ted Leonsis. You know what I mean? Like this just that's how he got into this part of the, of his the second stage of his career as a front office executive and an owner that, you know, this was sort of his foothold in that world and to not acknowledge it at all. That's really telling. I don't think you can tell the story of him getting to Charlotte right now without talking about what he did in Washington. And we'll get into this later in our conversation, but I think there's a version of his time in Washington that Jordan would have been okay talking about, a version where he ends up getting his job back at the end and ends up in ownership or ends up having a long tenure as team president. Because part of it is okay, they didn't win on the court, but part of it is just Jordan being pissed at how he was treated. And I think wanting to, I don't know if it's revenge, but just like not wanting to acknowledge this place and these people who he felt like did him this grievous wrong, I think independent of anything that happened on the court. But let's start with what did happen on the court, Joel, and the place to start this, and I know you were interested in talking about this, Stefan, like one of the central mysteries here is like, how did he end up in Washington? Like, I think we know sort of why Jordan came back. Like that that doesn't seem like a hard thing to answer, but like the fact that he ended up in this place, like, does that seem right to you, Stefan? 
Yeah, I had to sort of rack my brain and go back and read stuff to sort of assess the specifics of Jordan's return. And, you know, before I listened to the podcast as a sort of as a backgrounder. And yeah, I mean, no surprise there, right? I mean, Jordan probably kept thinking into his 40s that he could beat these young bucks on the court. So the fact of his return itself was unsurprising. But Joel, why the Wizards, as opposed to any other team in the NBA? And I think that's one of the questions that a lot of people still have. So there's a couple of things. One, most evidently, as we mentioned in the podcast, I mean, Chicago was out. You know, Jerry Krause didn't want him around anymore. That's where he would have preferred to have been, but that's not where he could go. And Charlotte was in play early on, like from the very beginning, but they wouldn't give him enough control over basketball operations. And I think that's probably where he wanted to go. If he could not be in Chicago, he wanted to be in Charlotte. And Charlotte obviously didn't work out. And so then he's just sort of out there. He's, you know, talking to Denver, Milwaukee, you know, the Vancouver Grizzlies, for people that didn't remember that the Grizzlies used to be in Canada. Um, and Jordan in Vancouver is a nice alternate history. Yeah, I mean, that about. would have been dope. I would have loved to have seen that. Maybe, maybe they're still in Vancouver. Who knows, right? If that happens. But the thing about Washington is that the league really wanted him there. It's a big media market. It was less a Poland than it was Ted Leonsis that brought him into the fold. That was a preview of this week's special bonus episode of Hang Up and Listen. To hear the whole thing, sign up at slate.com slash hangup plus. It's just $35 for the first year, and you get a free two-week trial.